Welcome to the History Podcast. This is number 36. I am Mr. Jackson. With me is Mr. Lincoln. Those are not our real names. Today, we no, they're not. And today, we're going to talk about something that is interesting to everyone. I have had it with these motherfuckers. This is actually one of the few times that we've we actually talked hit. over the joke. You talked over the joke. What did I? All right, be quiet, please. Okay. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Did you get it? Did you hear the joke? Your response. I didn't hear anything. All right. So hopefully it played well through <laughs> my. Hopefully the listeners were able to listen to it. If not, well then so it goes. All right, go we ahead. Just had, we just had. You know, ten minutes of silence. It was the Samuel L. Jackson snakes on a plane quote. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't have talked over it if I'd heard the, the joke coming. I normally try not to do that. Anyway, go ahead, Mr. Lincoln. Well, I was gonna say this is one of the few times that we've hit on something that is like spot on in the news, just happened. And. The podcast we just did was pretty close. The Netflix it's, podcast that we did was pretty current. I, I want to say that we've done a lot of current stuff. People are probably saying to us, I thought this was the history podcast. You guys are doing <laughs> the podcast. And as I mentioned that, we are working on something that's going to be a little more comedic and a little more ridiculous, maybe raunchy over the line. It is in the works. Oh, Lord. Don't want to say much more about that yet because we have slacked off with the history podcast. And that's why today you're going to tell us about what is that, Mr. Rick? Snake handling. Snake handling. Hopefully you heard the snakes on a plane uh, <laughs> joke. If not, I'm sorry I talked over it. If, if it didn't play through, then there was apparently a snake on the plane joke. Yeah, there might be snakes on my computer. Snakes on your computer. Snakes in the grass. But anyway, uh, what 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 brought this about is the recent death, as in uh, yesterday, Saturday, the, whatever day it is, uh, the the death of one of the most uh, outspoken supporters of uh, snake handling. I don't think you really need to preface it by saying the most outspoken, because when you say that, it seems like there's a lot of. Uh, Spoken. 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 Snake handlers. There really isn't. It's not like, well, this guy is the most outspoken. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Separate. They, you yeah. don't need to separate him from the other. Just say, you know, the most notable. I don't even know if you say like the, the snake handler, that guy. Yeah, that, that would dude. Yeah, outspoken might not be the best word. It's like the only only spoken. I love uh, for saying much. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jamie Coots who died on February 24th, or February 15th, excuse me, in 2004, uh, up in, actually, in my neck of the woods, down near Knoxville. And uh, it's been pretty, uh, actually, above Knoxville. And uh, it's been pretty interesting to, to see and read and, and, and hear some of the, the, the debate about snake handling. Snake handling, apparently, in my, in my opinion, has kind of uh, left the news. You don't hear a lot of people talk about snake handling, but it actually, at one point, I, I did a, a paper on this when I was in graduate school or undergraduate school one. Uh, snake handling in the in the realm of Appalachian uh, culture, 
the academic realm of Appalachian culture, snake handling was actually the number one subject in Appalachian culture. You'd think it'd be coal mining, you'd think it'd be uh, you know, moonshining or any other other great things that we Appalachians are known for. But no, it's actually snake handling, which is pretty interesting. There's been some uh, some really uh, intense documentaries made about snake handling. Uh, I don't know if there's been anything real recently, but uh, there's well, been some. What's that? Well, the Samuel L. Jackson film. Well, well, yeah, but I don't think. Snake handling in that film is quite like the snake handling that is prevalent uh, with Mr. Coots and the idea that there's uh, they the, most of the churches that believe in, in snake handling uh, cite scripture that say uh, you know she, you shall pick up serpents and those who have the faith will not be harmed and uh, I believe it's what is it? it's Mark and is it David Mark sixteen seventeen through eighteen. Yeah, I'm not the biblical scholar, but I did read about it in several articles and a possible Wikipedia page or two. So I think what you're saying is, and my interpretation is that the scripture, they take a literal translation of like the you shall, I think it's tread on serpents, you shall. Uh, yeah, that's in Luke. That's the Luke passage is the you shall tread on serpents and scorpions. And they take a literal meaning of that like right but at the same time though you know, i'm sure there's a lot of questions we want to say but you don't know like who knows that you are uh, like I, I don't know what i'm trying to say but like who knows that you're, when you are one you are chosen you are part of my people then you can do this you can't hold snakes so isn't it kind of bullshit like being messing around with snakes before you know for sure like that's kind of the thing in heaven like I'm imagining, maybe in heaven, what we're doing is we're having snake parties. But <laughs> you don't really know, do you? Like, isn't it kind of blasphemous and really egotistical to say, "No, nah, I can go ahead and do this"? Well, I think that's that's been within the uh, within the the the, the church, uh, the Christian community, I guess you could say. That's a lot of times what they uh, they really harp upon. Uh, in the same in the same light as the Presbyterians who believe that if you're chosen, uh, that's what their that's their term. If you're chosen, then you're going to live a godly life, and it'll be evident that you're you're chosen. And f the early Presbyterian movement took all kinds of grief about that, and that's the same kind of thing with the, the snake movement from the idea of Calvin, right? Yeah, and the, yeah, the idea that you know I, you're chosen. And you'll know that you're chosen by the fact that the way you act and the way that you handle yourself will project the fact that you're chosen. And it's the same with the snake handling community and the idea that, you know, if, if you've got the, the spirit enough to pick up a snake, then you're probably chosen. And if that snake bites you, you're not going to be harmed. And, and and if you are harmed, then God will heal you. That's the other thing that a lot of people forget about. And a lot of these people who die from snake handling, they they refuse the treatment, which is the most interesting. I think the Before most we interesting. Get to that though. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that. I do want to make a side note uh, that you mentioned Presbyterians and how if you're chosen, then you're gonna live a good life. Well, 
and you know all this, and it's all going to happen to you, and you're going to be a perfect person. Uh, it probably will not go to anyone's surprise that uh, Mr. Jackson, speaking before you today, was raised Presbyterian. <laughs> I think I remember that now. I, I remember. Uh, I'm Methodist, so I don't have anything wrong with me. Yeah, I'm okay. See, the Methodists have it much easier, you uh, great awakening people. But us Presbyterians, going way back, we're told that you know it's all predestined and it's already set in stone. And so when I look at what I've done, like, well, shit, what was I supposed to <laughs> That's why you've kind of, you're like, well, okay, uh, ship <laughs> sail, I'm done, okay. <laughs> at this point, I have no choice. Like, where, where am I? I know where I'm going. <laughs> I, I made one mistake, and I guess it wasn't even my mistake. It was already predestined to happen. Anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's the same thing with these snake handlers. Yeah, you know. So I guess, like, the leader Coots, if it's all predestined, he was supposed to be killed. He is a sinner then. And if, like, the leader of the snake handling movement was wrong, then aren't they all wrong? Well, and I think, though, that that that, that lends itself to an argument against church as a whole. I think because, you know, you look at, you look at fallen leaders of the – excuse me, a law, uh, fallen leaders of the church, and – you know, are you going to say that your pastor at the, you know, the corner Methodist church or the corner Presbyterian church, you know, they're good, but, well, Jim Baker, you know, look at what he did. So all pastors are bad. You know, I think that's the, that, that lends itself to a bigger argument that you, you've got to kind of say, okay, there's going to be. Well, let's look at it this way. I think, now I know we're not all Catholics, but let's take the idea of Catholicism and that the Pope and that these high priests are, and since you know the beginning of the Bible and the beginning of the, the creation of the Christian Church, they are basically our telephone to God, and they are speaking. God speaks through them to us, and that is not. We're not changing. That's what's been well believed. Correct. I'm not making that oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know we had that little thing called. It's a minor little blip in the radar called the Protestant Reformation. I don't, I don't know if you've heard about it. I completely say that you know, reverends and ministers, they are a step above us. And when the people who are supposedly in the pathway, or at least in the damn food chain, <laughs> or you know, in the ergonomic or whatever logistical path to God, when those dudes are really screwing up, that's not supposed to happen. God doesn't hire the wrong person, at least it shouldn't. Philosophically, or any sort of man, like I might hire the wrong person as a boss, but it's God going to hire the wrong reverend minister or preacher? That, that, that shouldn't happen. Well, I, I think though, I think though that you're 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 hanging on to the whole the whole Catholic point of view and the idea that they're pathways. I, I think the Protestant they, Reformation, they, the Protestant Reformation, didn't attack that part of it. it oh yeah, oh yeah, it did. It was that was part of the really that was part of the ninety five theses. Yeah. Those were part of that was it. That well, it wasn't it, but it was one of the major five things he said. No one is going to read all ninety five. There were two big ones: the indulgences and the benefices. Those are the real. Well, but there were ninety five of them, and some of the rest of us have. <laughs> and so, and so, the thing about it is, is that you know that was one of the things that he took on was the 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 pathway. Uh, or the ascendancy of heaven or to heaven, and and you know Martin Luther's pretty much said, hey, we're not supposed to be the 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 yeah, Catholic. Yeah, but that's okay if you're a Lutheran, but if you're not, then you most of these other religions have kind of slid back towards Catholicism. They said, hey, we get rid of that stuff, but we're keeping this stuff. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, that's mo- what most of the time things happen. That's most of the time you're going to have a, a, a fault line and then you're going to start sliding back towards. And so, you know, they, the people look at ministers today with the idea that they're not, they're not necessarily a pathway. I mean, the minister of my church, I, I don't really know if I, let, let me stop myself. Well, is it your minister dead now? Didn't he just die from snake bite? <laughs> no, he didn't uh, Let's dive a snake bite. Thinking. Let's go back. Let's not make this an indictment of religion. Um, I really not, shouldn't because let me tell you a, a quick, quick side note. It's interesting that you've decided to do this. Well, it's not that interesting. It's not that much. It is a coincidence, though, I guess, that you've decided that we would record this podcast because we read a lot of articles in the news between the two of us, and we don't hardly ever do any shows about them. And so I was really surprised when you said, hey, let's do the Snake Handler podcast. And I had been reading the article as well, but something else happened to me today. I was in – I work at a school that doesn't really follow the traditions of public schools. We'll just say it's a charter school. <laughs> so – and I really feel – it is hard for me to you know, kind of go into this. But anyway, so where do I want to start? Anyway, so I go into the office today. And we, I'm late for a meeting. Like, oh, sh-, you know, I'm supposed to be in this meeting. I'm just gonna kind of like hide out here. I'm talking to the secretary. She's like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. It's really important. Something like, oh, what did I screw up now? You know, I've already, I'm already late for this meeting. And she pulls out this paper. And she's like, you know, it's really hard for me to talk to people about this. I'm like, this is getting weirder. I really need to get the hell out of this office and go to this late meeting I'm supposed to be to. And she gives me this pamphlet. Like this John 3.16 kind of pamphlet talking about are you saved and stuff, which is – do you think that will ever happen to you in a public school? No, and I, I – now, I will say this. I towed the party line a little bit more anyway. I don't, I don't get invited by midgets in video stores or secretaries in schools to go to church. I, I tend to, to – at least give the vibe that, hey, I've... That, that's kind of nonsense, though, because I remember you, you went to the same church as our mentor before, right? Uh, no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Thanks. No, I just, uh... No, I didn't I didn't go. I never did. I never attended church with him. Oh, I thought you went to that same uh, Methodist church. As... No, he... No, he was not a Methodist, per se. But did he invite you to church? He did. Yes. Ah, that's one point that. Well, that, that, well, no, there were there were ulterior motives there. I bet a couple other people invited you to church though. How many? How many? Um, there uh, actually. We spent three years three. in the couple, three or four, three or four people over three years invited you, or maybe off the cuff, so like, or any anyway. So hey, you know, blah, 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 in my church, how many? How many people? Maybe four. Okay, you know how many people invited me? To church? Yeah. I don't know. Zero. You <laughs> ever invite me religiously? Well, you didn't get invited to anything anyway, but that's <laughs> <laughs> they they saw you and said, eh, okay, well, let's go invite Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Lincoln instead. He seems like the fun guy. But <laughs> it's rare that anyone ever says anything. I think I don't know if I give off a vibe, but like, look at this guy. Well, you give off that vibe, period. I'll just have to <laughs> – but anyway, but we've digressed. But anyway. So so that, let me give it – she gives me this letter, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I supposed to do, you know? And I like, I was like, all right, you know, and I, I'll read it over, and I'll go back and talk to her because I wanted, like, 
you know, what do you do at that point? Because I, I don't want to like blow her off, and I don't want to be a jerk, and I don't want God throwing lightning bolts at me. So <laughs> I go back and like, oh, you know, I, I'll just, you know, which is probably even worse. Like, oh, you recommend any churches? And you're kind of not even planning on going to any, <laughs> you know. And just to like get a conversation, just be nice, because it's a secretary. And if there's one thing I can teach anyone who is going into public education, or really any, any business, you got to be nice to secretaries. You they can have to be super nice. If you screw them, they will come back at you so damn hard. Anyway, so I go back, and she's like, you know, I don't really have any churches. Man, what the hell is the point of this? Because I think that's <laughs> it. She's like, you know, he just talked to me, and I was on my way to work, and he told me to do this. And at that point, I'm like, oh, fuck. He who? Oh, oh, no. He. And you know, you and I have talked about this before. Anyone who claims that God is talking to them, it's just a red flag. It's an alert. Like, oh, God, all hands on deck. What's going to happen next? Because what is he going to tell you to do next? And it's hard for me to talk about because, like, I don't want to, and I don't want to offend any of our viewers, but I'm just, you know, kind of like, I live in the superstitious world that, like, if I start saying too many bad things about God, things are not going to go my way. And it also makes me worry that people are, like, mentioning God to me, like, something bad's going to happen to me, that I need to be doing this. And she tells me, like, you know, she's like, it's kind of, I feel, I feel bad talking about her. But she said that it's, this is probably a better subject for our more comedic, raunchy uh, show that we've mentioned before. But she says things like, uh, you know, this was actually this was an easy one because I just knew I needed to give you this pamphlet. You know, it's really harder for me when he tells me to confront people, talk to him about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Maybe she knows you're primed for the pump, man. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's scared. I just, I don't know. I don't. Know. Anyway, back to the more easy topic of. <laughs> At least he didn't say, here, I got something I need to give you and pull it out of her purse, a rattlesnake. That's true. <laughs> At that point, and, you know, and, and I, I was thinking about how uh, today, since we since we decided this is one of the few times that we've we've agreed on something and a little bit before the show, but I was kind of thinking about how you frame it. And you, you just think about, like, to me, I don't know what your opinion of it is because, well, actually, I probably have a pretty good idea of what you're going to say. But to me, I think that, that this whole thing is, is kind of an absurd thing. It's kind of a, a fringe group anyway that, to me, it just doesn't seem like – like, I hope people are not – I hope the Muslims who see this are not judging the rest of us Christians on the idea that, you know – uh, you know, these guys, they pick up snakes. That's crazy stuff. Let's just leave that alone. And so I, I don't know. I've thought about that. And I thought about maybe I, I was curious to see what you thought as far as, you know, the idea of th what it is, I guess more than anything, the snake handling is a public display. It's a public an, a pronouncement of your faith in that you think you are clean, clean enough, pure enough that that snake is not going to bother you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the same, I almost want to say it's almost like the, the, almost like a horse whisperer kind of thing where, where the idea that you, you have this, this sense about you that an animal is not going to attack you, except this time it's more religious with the snakes. And to me, I think that's asinine. That's crazy. But again, I'm, I was raised pretty high Methodist and we don't move around too much in church. 
much less pick up snakes and drink venom. I've got a lot of different topics I want to talk about in terms of the snake handler, but real quick on your horse whisper. The horse whisper is different. That's for economic gains. That's for I'm trying to understand the horse so that I can make money off the horse so I can benefit. Not really like I believe the horse is holy. I, I believe the horse is a I don't know. I've, I've, God. I don't think the horse whispers believe it. They believe they're more naturalists, and I believe in that. That animals have I don't know if I would say souls, but they are living creatures, and we should take care of them. And that they might have feelings and emotions. I definitely understand that. Uh, I think you can stretch the horse whisper thing pretty far. And those people that do stretch it pretty far, yeah, they're they're nut jobs. But that, I don't know. So, I've talked to several, and they they seem to think that you at least the one that I've spoke to one time is like, you have to get to the horse's essence and you have to kind of lock your essence with their essence. All right. That's okay. Those people are, are, are nonsense. They've gone too far with their understanding. But okay. that happens when you spend all day with an animal, which you and I do every day. Can I get a rim shot there? Rim shot? Except I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> we spend all day. I'm not trying to lock essence with it's my, my eighth graders. <laughs> of that joke that didn't go over so well. All right, and speaking of middle school, uh, what I want to talk about with snake handlers is the idea of literal versus figurative. And that really, in essence, is the root of snake handling. That's basically it. Uh, You can literally translate the Bible, and you can figuratively translate the Bible. I know our listeners have to know the literal means word by word, figuratively means more like metaphorical and and symbolic. Sorry. But just that that opens a whole new discussion. And really, when I think of snake handlers, you know, obviously they take it literally. They read it word by word because they can tread upon snakes or they can whatever with serpents and scorpions. And this is almost like a middle schooler or an elementary kid read the Bible and then they developed their church. Which probably, and I hate to attack those in Appalachia, but those that live there probably do understand that the education system in that part of the country was not that uh, up to par. And so you can understand that the, the, the readers and the people in that area probably, when they read the Bible, read it literally as opposed to figuratively and that's why you see snake handling in Appalachia and that's a that, I don't know what are your thoughts on that do you think that there are any correlations there I think you're you're oversimplifying a few things but and also by the way uh, Ohio one of the few states where snake handling is legal well, but anyway I, uh, the thing is you grew up I, with- yeah I know I know you're just as much Appalachian as I am I know I know See, I'm more like the Piedmont of Ohio, the rolling <laughs> foothills of the Piedmont. <laughs> I went from the Piedmont of Ohio to the Piedmont of North Carolina. But but I think I don't know if it, I don't know if you can necessarily blame the education system. I think uh, what you I, I do not believe that that's completely yeah. I don't stand as a side note, but it does play into it. Maybe not the cause, maybe possibly the cause, but I think now towards future generations, I believe it is the reason why it will continue to exist. 
I think though, at least at least when snake handling was the most prevalent, um, I think that it was more of a, a people people saw the world at, at, because of the the things they did for their living. You know, they farmed. Here's if what I would love to see. Corn, do what? Here's what I would love to see. I would love to see uh, graduation rates chart graduation rates in Appalachia, list GDP rates. And the prevalence of snake handling. I guarantee you will see a correlation between those. But I think though, I think though, the thing is too, and you, you can't blame a graduation rate because what people did, they were farmers, and and well, farming is of eighth, I'd say past eighth grade. Let's let's look at something a little, uh, some sort of educational barometer. We gotta have some sort of metric to analyze education levels. Oh yeah, you do, but there's a lot of factors that even any time you think you've got the silver bullet, and you know this about education. I'm giving several different indices to try to show a correlation. You're like, oh well, that's not going to work. Well, I, you, you can't you can't blame education in Appalachia or or any place where education lags wholly on the idea that the people are ignorant anyway. I mean, you've got a lot of people who are well educated, but they fight a lot of, uh, of things like, you know, when I taught in West Virginia, we had students who would be gone for two or three days because they were hunting. Okay. okay. People that's think that's – like But, they, but the, the they were hunting to subside, and, and that's talking, the same thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more of a cultural education. I'm talking about days spent in school, really. I'm talking about a cultural and institutionalized education. The same thing where in Kentucky you've got the damn Creation Museum, you know? The people who think the Earth is 4,000 years old, which has been in the news, where Bill Nye and the guy who owns the Christian or the Creation Museum are having freaking debates like it should be even the same damn room together, you know? You know? Well, I think they both welcome that, by the way, though. No, I, mean, I, well, no, I love doing it, but like for most people who are educated, they think like, you know, I love that Bill Nye standing up to these people, but like, it's, they shouldn't even be in the same damn conversation. It's not even that close. This is ridiculous. Well, anyway, I guess going back to the snake handling thing, I think you you do have I, – I, I do believe and and that there is – I'll give you this. This is what I'll give you is that there is a, um, a prevalence in the south and particularly in Appalachia because the, the Appalachia is probably the, the south of the south. Uh there's a there's a prevalence of literal interpretations. I mean, you, you it can next to the idea of why evolution because it's it's hard to understand. It is hard to explain. It's not easy. And no, when you connect no. the idea of easy, it's just easy to understand that. Hey, Mark or David said I can hold a serpent, so I will do that. I will hold this serpent. It will be awesome. You know, I gotta think that these apostles are rolling over in the grave like fuck, man. I really thought that these people would understand my damn words a little better, you know. Well, no, I don't think... Poetic again. I'm just going to tell them, like, you can do some cool stuff, but you can't hold snakes, you know. You're going to be powerful. Is that good enough for you? You will be healthy. But, like, the whole metaphors, the whole symbols, symbolic nature, the symbolism, it's lost. Like Shakespeare's probably like, oh fuck, I'm next, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you don't have to worry about Shakespeare in Appalachia anyway. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think I, I think I. Well, no, I was going to make a joke there. Yeah, and say I, I don't think we've ever really we've, we've been talking about this. We never really got into Cots and what happened. He, he was handling snakes, 
and he's dead now. I, don't, I think we buried the lead. Well, yeah, we really have. I, what it was was that he was attempting to get about. He he was attempting to get to uh he was he was trying to get to Knoxville. No, no, I thought it was during a, it was during a ceremony. Well, he died he died trying to get to Knoxville, and and the idea was that you know he got bit and he he refused his he refused help, which is the other thing I I never really have understood that is okay, you know every once in a while when I slip in my walk of Christianity I say hey I need some help. These guys don't. They just don't do it. And, uh, oh, Middlesbrough. I just pulled up an article here. It's in Middlesbrough, the gated community of Middlesbrough. But, uh, you know, basically he uh, – they they call the the uh, officials, the snake – or the uh, emergency personnel uh, got to their home, and he uh, basically – let's see here. Failed. He died – yeah, he just basically dies. He gets bit, and he basically dies. And uh, that's about it. I mean, that's the way things happen. People people refuse the help, and they simply die. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I have the right – there was an article I pulled up earlier, and I probably will not pull this article back up again. But the, once again, and I'm not railing on those in Appalachia, but – that the quote is well, signed. you're not gonna you're not I'm not gonna I'm, you can't do that I, 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 I won't let you but the quote is son I don't have it here in front of me and if I can find it I'll, I'll do it word by word so if I don't say this correctly then I'm sorry but like they talk about the son like you know we thought that uh, oh no here it is I got it we're going to go home he's good and they're asking him about it he says, we're going to go home he's gonna lay on the couch he's gonna hurt he's gonna pray for a while and he's gonna get better that's what happened every other time, except this time it was just so quick. It was crazy. It was really crazy. And the only thing I hang on to in that quote, not the beginning, like I kind of understand, but at the end when he says it was crazy, it was really crazy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, no, th- this happens though. Are this happens. People, crazy? people are bit. They're bit, and and and, and that's you bit and you die. It is venom. Like that's not crazy. That is rational. That's what happens. That's not. It was crazy. It was really crazy. It was crazy. It was really crazy. Is the fact that he got bit by a snake and you let him die. Like if, if that's what he's saying. But when he says he's like, I didn't think this was going to happen, which makes no sense. Well, no, they think though. They think. It's kind of a fail-safe in the system that they believe in, that the idea that if they if they are bitten, then God will heal them. Okay, no surprise here, though. But if you wanted to name his – if you were going to guess what his son's first name was, someone who would describe something being crazy that's not crazy, Cody Coots. Cody. Well, I saw in a couple of articles I read uh, our favorite middle name, uh, Wayne, yeah. John Wayne. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but I saw a John Wayne. I said, "Oh, I got him." Oh, John Wayne Pumpkin Brown uh, is is known, maybe the, one of the last uh, snake handlers before this incident to have passed away. Now, you you mentioned and and this, I'm I've been waiting all day to get this crack over the skull with this. You mentioned the idea though that they they think they're going to get healed. My great aunt, I believe it was, was bit by a snake while snake handling, and she was bit in the throat. And my mom talks about how she she was healed. I mean, apparently it wasn't a bad enough bite to kill her, 
but she always talked, my mom says she always talked like she was about to cry. And she kind of had that, like, you know, like you talk when when you're about to cry. I don't know if you can cry or not, uh, Mr. Link uh, Jackson. But uh, you know, they she talked like that, and so th- they think though that they're healed. And 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 actually, this woman was revered in her community because she was healed by the snake that bit her, and so she she held high esteem, uh, which I thought was pr- it's pretty interesting. Right, we're like, all right, you get to be the cool person. <clears throat> You yeah. got bitten by a snake that you were so stupid to hold. Well, you know, once the milk is spilled, are you going to cry or are you going to pick it up? You know, I, I think that's the thing is. You, but out of the way, just, I'm not going to get excited about someone who was bit by a snake. You know? I, yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting culture. Like, you got cancer. Let's celebrate you. You know, we do that. We, we celebrate people who get bit by snakes. Like, I understand someone who survived cancer. You have no control over that. And you are, you're a survivor. It's great, but like, you, what the fuck are you doing with the snake? Well, I think though too, though it, it's it, it's 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 a snake. Get away from it. I think Bible, and I'm pretty sure they talk about snakes being bad. <laughs> well, you're, like, you're not going to see me picking them up. Moses, when he throws down his staff, it doesn't turn into a chocolate cake. It turns into serpents. Aren't I right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Snakes are bad. Stay from snakes. Here's one thing I want to <laughs> talk about, though, to tie some more social studies into it. Here's the quote uh, a couple years ago from a judge who had the ability to uh, illegalize uh, the whole snake handling thing. Because in the article that I read, uh, Bell, Bell County in Tennessee, no, is it Bell County? Kentucky? Bell County, Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, wanted to prosecute people under a 1942 law that made it illegal to handle or display snakes during religious services, but the relig- but the judge refused to sign the criminal complaint. And here is the quote by the judge, which I think is it's part a cop out, but it's it's probably right. If the court thought that a trial would act to deter, if the court thought that a trial would act to deter future snake handling in church, my decision would be different. But you and I both know this practice is not going to stop until either rattlesnakes or snake handlers become extinct. I think you pretty much hit it right there on the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these people are fervent. 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 Yeah. They're fervent people. And, and, you know, there's a, I guess there's an element of me that says, okay, that's, if you think that that's what your interpretation is, if you think that's right. There's part of me that says, okay, go right ahead. But I, I can tell you that when I worked in a, a, a small Appalachian town one summer, there was a church that we were pretty sure was handling snakes, handling snakes, and I didn't like driving by it. I mean, I just, you know, we would joke with the kids that came into the camp. We'd say, okay, pick your feet up, and they, they couldn't figure out why. And finally, we told them, you know, we think they they handle snakes, and if they get out, you know, you got to pick your feet up. But I, I, to me, there's part of it that says, okay, I mean, if you've got the gumption, if you've got the faith that God is going to protect you from uh, snakes and and being bit by a poisonous snake, then more power to you. I'm just thankful that God keeps me from, you know, walking out in front of cars. I, I guess that's my. I leave God at the doorstep when the idea of, or, you know, 
I, I don't leave God at the doorstep, but I, I, I don't, I don't need him to protect me from things that I do. I need to protect him or him to protect me from the things I can't even see. All right. On those final words. Yeah. We will leave you with maybe the most poetic quote in the 20th century, even though I think this was uh, 21st century. And uh, we will see you for episode 37 eventually. I have had it with these